Hello and welcome to the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I will be your host. This is the weekly podcast that helps women pause in their busy lives, drop into the heart, and remember their next right step. I am so happy that you're here. Hi, welcome to The Wholehearted Healer. This week, I share a conversation I had with Dr. Wendy Trubeau. Uh, Dr. Trubeau is passionate about helping women optimize their health and their lives. She is a functional medicine gynecologist. Through her struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, and other health issues, Trubeau has developed a deep sense of compassion and expertise for what her patients are facing. She is the co-author of the book, Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great, and Feel Freaking Amazing. And she's been regularly featured in Mind, Body, Green, and Huffington Post. She's an accomplished speaker and previously had her own television show. She is on the faculty at A4M and a speaker for their conferences, along with other national societies. I really enjoyed this conversation and found uh, Dr. Trubeau's approach to toxins very approachable and not overwhelming. Sometimes um, when I have studied um, environmental toxins, in the setting of functional medicine, it's really easy to feel like you can't do anything right. Um, and so I really thought that her suggestions as to how we can make small incremental improvements in our lives, um, things that, you know, we don't have to be perfect. We can just take certain steps that will make us healthier. I found those, I, I just found her approach to be really, uh, really wonderful. So I hope that you enjoy our conversation. Without further ado, here is Dr. Wendy Trubeau. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of The Wholehearted Healer. I'm your guest, Dr. Avine Banish, and I'm excited today to have a conversation and to welcome Dr. Wendy Trubeau. Um, you've heard about Wendy in my intro. She is a functional medicine physician, um, an OBGYN, and uh, the author of a book that I have not read yet, but I'm really excited to read. It's in my cart on Amazon called Dirty Girl. Um, Ditch the toxins, look great, and feel freaking amazing. The title even makes me smile. So, Wendy, welcome. Thank you so much, Avine. It's great to be here. And so, um, there's so many places that, so many things I want to dive in with you, but I'd love first to kind of, um, when someone writes a book like this, I'm guessing there's a personal story. Um, yeah. And can you share with us a little bit, perhaps, of how? you know, we hear about toxins and for me, I've studied some functional medicine as well. And it's just overwhelming to me because there's so much in our environment that is um, toxic. And so can you maybe just share your story, how toxins affected you and, and what inspired you to kind of become this, um, this expert in this area? Yeah, I was really intimidated by treating heavy metals and mycotoxins before I had this experience with them. And after I had the experience, I was like, oh, I can totally treat this because I did everything, right? So so my mess 100% became my message. And I, I think there's two, I, I'm like a camel's back, right? So the first major hump encompasses being born in this in 1970 with 
terrible genes, but we didn't know, right? We didn't know about our genes in the seventies, except that they were acid washed or they were ripped. Like that's what we knew about genes. <laughs> they were, and they they're were now the, back in style, by the way. Right. <laughs> so I didn't know anything about my genes, but I was born with two copies of the MTHFR mutation. I have the C677T. I have two copies of that. I have two copies of the celiac gene and I have two copies of vitamin D deficiency plus a bunch of COMT and random methylation dysfunction genes. And, and that's just the big stuff, right? So, so I didn't know any of that. And then my early life was characterized by multiple ear infections and strep throats for which I got antibiotics. So we're setting the stage for dysfunctional gut. And then in my teens, I had you know, I didn't know it. It was the, it was the eighties at that point. We didn't talk about this stuff, but I had, I like, I never ate oranges because I got the worst stomach aches from them. So I had this brewing food sensitivity stuff. And then my twenties were characterized by irritable bowel, except I didn't, again, didn't know that was a term. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to my thirties, I get diagnosed with celiac disease. That's really the culmination of, of hump one on the camel's back. And I went gluten-free. That was my introduction to functional medicine. I changed my life. I ultimately went into functional medicine and spent a number of years really peeling off the cumulative damage that had occurred in my body from all those things I hit on. And by the way, you know, I didn't just choose to go into medicine. I went into OBGYN, but I also did my MBA at the same time. And then we opened our own business and like, I took the hard route for everything. Yeah. It's not like I took the easy path. Like, I don't think it's easy to be a family doctor, but it's certainly easier than having 36 hours of call where you're up all the time. It's a different yep. life. So that was one hump. And then fast forward to my late 40s, I'm 48. I go on this amazing vacation with my family. We go to France, we go to London. I come home, I gain almost 10 pounds and my hair starts falling out in droves. And I have a rash on my face that's driving me nuts because not only is it unsightly, it's itchy. Like I, I most days I'm like, okay, I can't touch my eyes. I can't touch under my nose, but it's so itchy. And I'm in functional medicine at this point. I have, you know, we we have a, a bricks and mortar and I have access to all this testing. So what does any human think when they're they've gained weight and their hair falls out? First thing, my thyroid must be off. Absolutely. So I check my thyroid, it's perfect. Hmm, okay. Then I'm like, well, I'm 48. So I check my hormones and they look amazing. And then I'm like, okay, all disease starts in the gut. This is the functional medicine adage. All disease starts in the gut. So I'm going to check my stool test. You know how unpleasant those tests are to do? It's poop. It's gross. <laughs> but I do the test and my stool, you know, I'm a celiac with years of dysfunction. I'm like, oh, my gut looks pretty good. So now I'm really stumped. And then I'm I'm listening to the radio one day and I hear that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead dust into the environment. And the closer you were to, to Notre Dame when it burned, the more lead exposure you got and the farther away, the less, which makes sense, right? It's, it's concentrated. and when was I in France? The week after Notre Dame burned. And I looked at my husband and I was like, crap, I got a lead exposure. We all got a lead exposure, but I'm the one who's sick. I'm the canary in the coal mine. And so I did the testing for lead and my level was 25% higher. Of course, I've done the test before, but it kind of, my lead level was nine and we treat over eight. So I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. It was a big deal actually, because the initial level is always lower because if you have crappy detox, you don't show everything. I didn't know that at the time. 
so I, you know, doctors are terrible patients. I blew off the initial result thinking it didn't mean that much. And then when I did the repeat, it was 25% higher. So it's now 12. And I was like, okay, that got my attention. That's a significant level. I'll treat it that, especially in light of the weight gain and the hair loss and the rash. And just, I just didn't feel right. So I treated and then I retest. We're big on data, right? You test after, after, re, after treating. And my levels ultimately for lead went up to 21 and for mercury went up to 41. And I was like, damn. Um, you know, these are the invisible causes of, of d- dysfunction, right? Except it's not invisible. It's just, we don't necessarily think weight gain equals toxins, but that started my journey. And, and I'm really big on data. So I said, okay, well, I've tested the metals. I'll test the mycotoxins. Those are the toxins that mold puts out when it's in your body. And I had five strains positive and then I was like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound, they also offer environmental toxins testing. I'll just do those too. And I had a whole bunch of those too. I didn't have glyphosate, which is the most commonly used herbicide in the world. I was shocked. I was like, I mean, we eat a lot of organic food, but I figured I would have it. I didn't have it. It's one thing I didn't have. And I get all this data and I looked at my husband and I went, I'm such a dirty girl. And we're writing that book because I am the poster child for eat well and eat organic and move your body and take care of yourself. Like I really walk the talk. What I do with my patients, I do it myself. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, if I'm carrying around all these toxins, what does everyone else have who might not have access to the same testing that I do? So we wrote the book really as a way to get the word out and the roadmap to how do you presume you have it? Cause if you live on this earth, you've got toxins how do you live on this earth and clean it up in a way that that allows you it it can be accessible for wherever you're starting in life that is a fascinating story and you tell it really really beautifully what i think is interesting is i like the way that you describe that it's a cumulative thing right and that our genes all you kind of really encapsulated this idea of functional medicine so beautifully that um it's the same way that one of my friends is an uh, allergist and i remember her explaining to my to me once about one of my kids who had tons of allergies, like there's a cup and you, your body can handle it until it starts to overflow. And then everything starts to come at you. And so, um, I think that's a really important message because, you know, someone may be thinking, especially what you were saying that it just overlaps, you know, you're thinking, Oh, I'm 48, I'm getting older. Um, we assume things and, and it, our assumptions may be very wrong. Well, you know, the challenge is our paradigm is just, this is what happens as we get older. And my response is, no, this is what happens as we get more toxic exposures layered onto being perimenopausal and postmenopausal. The elasticity in our recovery gets much smaller. So we can't handle the same things we could handle when we were 20. And, and so that's the challenge. It's like you're you're building up all these toxins. You're you're essentially storing them. That's why you can't lose weight. It's stored in your fat. So you have that going on. And then you have the stress of middle age. Your your career is changing, your life is changing, your children are getting older, the world is changing. That's an independent stressor. And then intrinsically, you're less resilient. So you put all those things together and then layer on the hormonal changes and it's a really bad combination. But it's exciting for me to hear that you, first of all, how synchronistic that you happen to hear. I mean, 
the beautiful thing about functional medicine is that there is a structure to it and you eventually would have sought out toxins, I'm guessing, when other things didn't. Um, didn't. I'm sure I would have, but it's so hard to treat. You know, it's much easier for me to treat other people yes. and to look and go, oh, it sounds like, you know, and now I know the questions to ask. So, right, like I never ask people, did your neighbor take his post-war constructed home down in the dead of summer and give you a lead exposure? Well, that happened to me. Our next door neighbor demolished his home and it was a 1946 home and it had lead paint. And so there's dust everywhere. It's the dead of summer. And I'm like, close the windows, man, because I don't want to get an exposure, but that was an exposure. Right. So there's all these subtle ways that we get it. And then there's the big stuff, like going to Notre Dame after Notre Dame burned. Right. But, but really random things like, do you live near an area where there's wildfires? Because when the forests burn, forests are a big place where mercury gets sequestered and stored. So if you live near a place where there's wildfires, you're getting a mercury exposure. Right? Do you eat a lot of high mercury fish? Do you have mercury fillings? If they're silver fillings in your mouth, they're 50% mercury. They never stop off-gassing. So there's all these ways. Were you born to a human who was living in times when there were high mercury or lead? You know, Prior to 1978, there was lead in the paint. There was lead in the gasoline in 1975. There were lead pipes. 10 million families still have lead pipes. Like this is craziness. But if you're born to someone who has them, you get 50% of what they had. So we're all getting it and it's ongoing. And so, and I'm remembering now because I did the um, functional medicine module on toxins. And I remember I'm feeling it in my nervous system right now too, that sense of overwhelm. Yes. Like, okay. Well, yeah, I live in Colorado. There are wildfires and um, you know, like I'm checking boxes to a lot of things that you're saying. And, and then it's then it's kind of like, well, what do we do about it? Right. You know? And now this is paralysis. What's a girl to do? Exactly. Yeah. How are they going to fix it? Okay. So the first thing is to recognize that perfection as a standard is not the standard we're looking for. You know, really, when you think about when you watch a movie, that scene has been perfected. It's been, it's been airbrushed, color brushed, edited, dubbed over, like it has been made perfect, but that's not life. That's the Hollywood screen. So we're not aiming for that. And I have so many patients in my practice who we talk a lot about, like, don't be an all or nothing human, right? Like, well, that's exactly, I mean, because I'm thinking, you know, that's where my mind goes. And I think so many people, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, you just start making a game plan and then you get overwhelmed. Right. So, so what I, I'm a huge fan of having a win. So, so the first thing is just recognize we're getting bombarded with toxins and they're making us sick. Okay. When you look at cancer, degenerative disease, dysfunction, dementia, multiple sclerosis, autoimmune disease, these are all skyrocketing and they directly track back. uh, Sorry, I skipped cardiovascular disease and metabolic disease. So diabetes and cardiovascular, these track directly back to toxins. So they are harming us. And now the question is, okay, what are we going to do about it? Because there's two pathways you can walk down. You and I walk down the pathway of you're meant to be vital, vibrant, healthy, able, and interested in intimacy until you're at least a hundred. And that every decade's meant to get better than the one before. That's the one you and I are standing in. But most people are in the pathway of, well, I mean, 
I'm getting older. And so I'm going to get fatter, sicker and, and less vibrant. And then at some point I'll die just like my parents did. And I'll probably get the same diseases as them. Mm-hmm. When I hear that, I want, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I want to rip my hair out. No, that, but then I'm like, no, I don't have that much hair. I don't want to rip it out. So, but, but that's not the way life is meant to be. That's the way we've developed because of our exposures. And yes, diseases run in families because you have the same genes eat the same, think the same, live in the same places, have the same lifestyle. So yes, the diseases are going to manifest in the same way, but your genes aren't your destiny. It's only like 10% of what happens to you. So, okay, let's go back to truly what's a goal to do. One, you eat every day. So aim for what you're putting in your mouth to be the highest quality possible organic wherever possible, minimally processed wherever possible. Don't drink your calories unless it's a smoothie, right? Like don't alcohol and juice are not really, those are special occasions at best. And so put things in your body that your body likes and that works for it. Don't drink from plastic single-use water bottles because those disrupt your hormones. That leads you to be more at risk for estrogen-dependent cancers diabetes, heart disease, like we can track all this. So try to don't, don't microwave your food in plastic. Don't microwave your food, but don't microwave it in plastic in particular. I, we, uh, we got rid of our microwave. Like I had a two-year-old at the time. So nine years ago, and it's real, it's a real pain in the butt on to deal with leftovers when you don't have a microwave, but other than leftover night, when I acutely remember what it was like to just nuke a plate for 30 seconds, it's not something that we use. We actually don't have a microwave in our house. And so try not to microwave your food, but then don't put it in plastic if you're going to. Mm-hmm. So um, so those those are some very low hanging fruit. And then you think about, let me back up a step, Avian. So you put toxins in your body, that's your food, your drink. Then you get toxins on your body from your beauty care products and your clothing and your lotion and your hair and all anything you're applying. And then there's toxins you get exposed to from living near an industrial plant, a factory, a golf course, a highway, a farm, living near a place that's putting out chemicals or buying lots of new furniture that off gases or buying a new car that off gases. There's over 300 chemicals in your new car. So there's lots of ways that we're getting exposed. And this is where it starts to get into sort of analysis paralysis or overwhelm. So so essentially my first recommendation is start with your food. You do it every day. You eat every day. Start to level up as a group. Okay, And then as you run out of your beauty products, that's the time to replace them. And then the question is, how do you know what to replace it with? How do you even know? Maybe it's good. So my favorite resources are Environmental Working Group, which is ewg.org, and they also have an app you can get on your phone, or Think Dirty. I think there's another one floating around there that I can't remember the name of. There's there's a number of different apps. You can look up your product and aim for something that's a one or a two on the Environmental Working Group, sometimes a three if you got no other options. Mm-hmm. And look up your product, look up your mascara, look up your lotion, look it up. First of all, if you nailed it and you did a good job, pat yourself on the back and keep buying it. But if there's an opportunity to clean it up, the time to clean it up is when you're running out of it. Now, if you're independently wealthy and you have a personal assistant and you couldn't care less how much money you spend, sure, sick your personal assistant on that track, right? But most of us 
I know I'm cost conscious, especially with all the inflation. So I'm going to, I, you've been using it this long, use it until you run out of it and then replace it. Okay. I found out after I ordered a four month supply of laundry detergent, it occurred to me to look to see if it was clean. You know, I have four kids. We don't have any loads of laundry we do every day. It's like three, four loads. You know, we just do laundry all the time. And so I'm so proud of myself. It's in an environmentally conscious package. It's unscented. I just didn't check all the ingredients. And finally, one day I was like, oh, I should look that up. Right after I ordered another four-month supply of it, right? And then I was like, oh, booger. It's not clean. All right, I'm using it up, right? So so have have a sense of humor about it, right? Because typically you'll think to do it right after you've ordered it, which is fine. Just don't do it again, right? Just don't perpetuate the challenge. So as you're running out of your beauty products, clean them up and then look at this other category. So if you're looking for a new bed, beds are sprayed with flame retardants. Flame retardants disrupt the thyroid. Thyroid is part of the endocrine system. So If you just bought a new bed, you can tune out for the next minute. But if you're looking for a new bed, make sure you buy a bed that doesn't have flame retardants in it so that you don't, because what? You spend six to 10 hours a day on your bed. So you're getting those flame retardants. So do not do that, A. B, filter your air to the best of your financial ability. If that means you can do a room filter that you take with you from room to room, great. If it means that you filter your whole house, great. If you do both, great. Whatever you can do, do to the best of your financial ability. And then <clears throat> aim for, you know, it's it's funny. It's I know that vegan leather is really popular. And no cows were harmed in the making of that leather. So that's good, except vegan leather is plastic. Vegan leather is not healthy for you. So any time you can, try not to sit on plastic. You know, at least put a layer between you. Have clothes on when you're sitting on plastic. Don't dry clean your clothes because there's formaldehyde. They use formaldehyde to dry clean your clothes. And formaldehyde is what they put in your body to preserve you when you're dead. So you don't really want to take that right now. It's not going to keep you looking young. It's going to make you older. So so there's sort of category by category. And then if you are choosing a place to live, choose not to live next to a farm, a highway, a, a golf course, an industrial plant, because the air quality around them is often impaired by the chemicals that they're using. Let me pause there because I just literally deluged you with ways that you can, like, what what can you do about it? <clears throat> but I think it's, it's so helpful. And I think um, I love your approach and that it doesn't, it, you can't be perfect. It's no. too, <laughs> our environment right now is frankly just too toxic unless we, you know, I, I suppose move to like a, a, an island somewhere and go totally off grid. And so I like your approach in that. Um, and that it's step by step and and it's not perfect and and yet um and it's also countercultural you know i was at target yesterday with i have four kids and with um my two younger kids and i knew i was going to be talking to you today and i was just walking around like you know if you look at laundry detergent there are two aisles of just laundry detergent at target that yeah. and there's a whole aisle of um <clears throat> of you know, um, synthetic, uh, 
like fabric softeners yeah, to make your, you know, and so it's just, it's, um, you would, we assume, I think, or most people assume as consumers that what we're being sold is safe and, mm-hmm. tested and, um, and so it's, it's, first of all, I think, just like you said, like a wake up call, just be aware and that our choices do matter and that we have choice. Yeah. It's, it's funny that there's, not only do you have choice, you have agency and you have ability to alter what happens. The The horrifying thing I think you just talked about that I want to highlight is the Environmental Protection Agency and, and I are the same age. We were both born in 1970. And so it's 52 years old. And in its lifetime, the EPA the EPA is charged with evaluating chemicals and toxins when it's reported to them. They don't have enough oversight and agency to say, it's not It's not a prove that it's safe and then we'll approve you. It's prove that you're not safe and we'll look into you. Mm. So the EPA has the ability to evaluate a couple of hundred chemicals any given year, except there are anywhere between 500 and a million and a half chemicals, except there's no agency overseeing this. So it's it's an inexact number. And in the United States, you don't need to prove that it's safe before using it. And so that's the thing to remember is that the EPA does not ensure that what you're using is safe. It only gets involved when it's reported to them. And who's going to report because that means that you're self-reporting something is unsafe or there's a preponderance of evidence. So the majority of what's on the market is not tested. It's not evaluated. It's not tested. And the last time the EPA banned a substance was in 1984. That's almost 40 years ago. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. They've banned a total of nine substances in their 52-year life. Now, you and I both know that there are a lot more substances out there that are toxic, even just thinking about PFAS and uh, BPA, we know that these are toxic. So there's a lot of noise around, oh, it doesn't have, doesn't have PFOA, but it might have PFAS. You know, the, the companies are very good at substituting. If it's one molecule different, it's a different, mo- it's a different substance. So it's important to remember that the majority of what we are being exposed to is still quite toxic for us. And we cannot rely on, on other agencies because they don't have the power to regulate this. It's unfortunate. Very. Um, you've given us such a good starting point. Um, and I, I am really excited to read your book. I want to just switch gears a little bit and ask, you know, I'm thinking back to my children and, um, Babies, and I can't remember what age my kids were tested for lead. And then, no, I, I don't ever remember getting tested. You know, then one, it's a it's a little finger finger stick or a yeah, heel stick. Yeah. It's a blood spot. And so, with the prevalence of toxicity, and I mean, should everyone get tested? What's your What's your opinion on that? Yeah, Avian. So here's a challenge: if you do testing for lead. The kids in Flint, Michigan are going to show up as positive because they are getting acute exposures ongoingly. But the body knows that lead and mercury and all these toxins are quite toxic. So it's not freely floating around in your bloodstream. The only way it's floating around your bloodstream is either 
it's on its way out because you've provoked it or it's on its way in and you haven't dealt with it yet. You have like a four to six week period where it could be in your bloodstream. But that really counts on nailing the moment that you had an exposure and actually testing. So testing for lead and mercury via these blood spots only tells you if you had an acute exposure. It's it's don't go to your doctor and say, test me for lead. They can't. They don't have the tools. So you need to see a functional medicine specialist who can, who's senior, right? Like a lot of docs aren't doing toxins testing and treatment because it just feels overwhelming, right? Like I never did it before I had this issue. And so, yes, you want to be tested, but you want to be tested in a way that doesn't give you a false sense of security because my blood tests come up negative. I don't have an acute exposure to lead or mercury. I just had you know, I grew up at a time when there was lead in the pipes, the the um, gasoline and the paint. Mm-hmm. And I was born to a mother who had high levels of lead. And then I had over 40 years of mercury fillings. So these are all, none of these show up on testing though. So except when you do provoked urine testing, that's when it shows up. So it is important to remember the quality of the tests that you're getting and don't be falsely reassured. Yeah. And, and I like your, what you said there is in, is that, um, I think there's also confusion, you know, when, um, we live in, I live in Colorado Springs, a a pretty large city. There is some functional medicine here. Functional medicine is a growing, um, it's a growing field. Um, it's very different in terms of testing than, you know, your regular family medical doctor. Um, it's often out of pocket that testing. And so, so there are, um, you know, so, so it's complex, but I do think that if, um, if people hear your story, someone reads your book, some, you know, something in your story really triggers a knowing or a, a a sense of familiarity with their own story. It's really worth seeking someone like you out because, because it is a little challenging to uncover it. That, that sense of complexity and overwhelmness is not just in the degree of toxicity in our world, but it's, it's also a challenging um, thing to, to diagnose and, and treat. Yeah. If you're, if you're, you know, it's interesting, Amy, and I think if you're using the wrong tools, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. It's not that challenging. It's just and it's interesting, the testing from for um typically what I say to people is the testing for heavy metals is pretty cheap. The treatment, because it's ongoing, the treatment can add up over time, but you can go as fast or as slow as you want. But counterintuitively, the testing for the mycotoxins and environmental toxins is expensive, but the treatment is cheap. It's a very interesting, sort of ironic thing, but you can go as fast or as slow into it. You know, I happened to do it all. I was really sick, I mean, like I was sick. And the hair loss, the waking, and the rash were the were the things that people could see, but I felt awful, right? I didn't wake up in the morning with a sense of vitality and energy. My brain wasn't working the way I wanted it to. And and so I wasn't performing well. And and so I was I was just not well. So I went whole hog into it in a way that other people might not and might not need to, right? I have it's funny, I had a patient in my office yesterday who's like, I feel great and I don't want to get any of those chronic diseases. I don't want to get diabetes, I don't want to get dementia, I don't want to get cancers. I'm like, great, then we should do the toxins because those are the things that create this 
underlying atmosphere of inflammation and dysfunction but we don't have to we don't have to spend all your money up front we can do we can drip it right and and so so um the i i always say to people the the degree to which you participate in this testing is is directly related to how sick you are mm-hmm. you know if you're doing it for prevention then this is more of a leisurely approach if you're doing it cuz you're sick and you want to get better yeah absolutely. so that make that raises the stakes I wonder, you know, I, I'm sure you've written this amazing book, um, to reach a lot of people just with this message, because I think the awareness around this is it's rising, but it's still not where it should be. Um, do you see you're located in Massachusetts? I know you have this amazing functional medicine practice with your husband. Um, do you see patients virtually, or do you only see patients in your state? Yeah, great question, Amy. So, so we actually have two wings. So we have the bricks and mortar. Massachusetts state law re- requires that that people be in Massachusetts when we establish care. There is telemedicine, but it's in Massachusetts. It's a little bit of a weird rule. Mm-hmm. So that's for people who are basically in New England and say, okay, I want to go see see them. We're opening a second location in Boston. We hope to go to Florida in 2024, but it's pretty much it's a local behavior. And then we have the online company called Dirty Girl Detox. And that's for people like who are out in California or, or Colorado and they can't get to Massachusetts, but want to get started on cleaning up the supplements they take, participating in a program that will allow them to do a detox. It's a detox program. Mm-hmm. Taking supplements, doing the program, you can get a test plus a consult. There's lots of ways you can participate in community. We have a Facebook community. There's a lot of ways to get involved that don't require you to be in Massachusetts because like not many people are in Massachusetts. It's a small state. So it, it depends where people are, right? So if sure. you if you want to be bricks and mortar, that's bricks and mortar. And then if you want to be uh, remote, that's the, that's the online brand, which is Dirty Girl Detox. That's super helpful. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Um, I'm so grateful, Wendy, first of all, that you figured yourself out. And I mean, I know we're only doing this audio when Wendy hopped on, she looks so vibrant and the the lighting is so great. I said, you look like you're on the Today Show. So um, obviously your treatment and all of this um, wisdom that you have acquired is, you can see it in your own vitality and vibrancy. So that's really fun. Um, And then just thank you for the work you're doing in the world, because I think, um, I think toxicity is one of those things that is, it really um, hinders people's vitality and it's often missed. And so it just makes me happy to know that you're bringing this message into the world that people can work with you um, from wherever they are. And um, I'm just, I'm grateful. So thank you. Thank you for getting the word out and the important work you're doing to bring awareness to and empower people. Right. Like it's really about giving people the agency to take control of their future. So thank you for doing that work. Thank you so much, Wendy. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on.